Counting down to kickoff between the Bruins and their first ever HBCU opponent, the Alabama State Hornets, this weekend in the Rose Bowl. What can the Bruins do offensively to counteract what Alabama State's going to throw at them, who to look out for, and what are their strengths defensively? We'll answer those coming up next on Locked On UCLA. Let's hit that music, baby. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, it's Zach Anderson, Yox Simer right there. There's the graphic at Zach and Yox on Twitter. You can follow if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're watching YouTube, just feel free to comment, like, and subscribe as we're trying to get to that 200 subscriber plateau by the time the next week rolls around. If you are, thank you for it. If you're listening, just thanks for making Locked on UCLA your first listen each and every day as the Bruins are excited. Let's jump this little laptop here. Let's go. As we're excited, thanks for tuning in each and every day. This episode is brought to you by Upside as we kind of look into Maybe what the Hornets can throw defensively, not too much into schemes, but what are the things that they've succeeded at defensively under their first-year head coach? And some basketball news. We'll get to that at the end involving Cody Riley for the UCLA men's basketball team, former member of the team leaving to go pro. So for the Bruins, this is how we're ready to go. UCLA coming off a 45-17 win over Bowling Green, 1-0, an Alabama State team who is 2-0, fresh off a SWAC MEAC Challenge win in Week 0, and then a win over a D2 college, Miles College from Alabama, and winning that one in a one-score fashion, 21-13. We went over that in our previous episode. And for UCLA, most importantly, the Bruins need some way, somehow, to to fix, uh, you know, just simply let's not have so many issues with the offensive line and with all the other things that they had in that game one. As for UCLA, the most important thing is play a lot cleaner offensively. So let's dive in as to what Alabama State will throw at them. First off, for the Hornets, it's their first ever game in program history against the team from California, just like it's UCLA's first ever game against an FCS opponent, and most importantly, an HBCU, which is why they'll celebrate that Saturday afternoon into the early evening at the Rose Bowl. Some guys to look out for include Brandon Gaddy. That's the big name, a defensive end who's had a fantastic start to the season for the Hornets. I know I mentioned for the Alabama State defense, Urshad Davis, the DB, also the coach's son, uh, Jacobo, Jacoby Robinson, I believe that's one of the defensive transfers he's come in. But the guy to look out for, Brandon Gaddy, defensive end, coming off a career high ten tackles. He's got he had a couple of sacks, forced a fumble in a single game. He leads the team and I think leads his conference, the SWAC, with a total of five solo tackles for loss. This team as a whole, Alabama State, has seven sacks leading their conference. They've forced four fumbles, recovered two of them, and they have an interception. On the season, this is a team that likes to get after it defensively. You can look at the competition. Yes, game one win over Howard, game two win over Miles College, but you got to play who is in front of you. They've gotten wins and they come after you and just 
arguably like Bowling Green's strength was. Alabama's strength was their defense. Alabama State's strength is their defense, which is somewhat to what UCLA will see going into this Saturday's affair. So for DTR and company, how can they negate facing the pressure that they'll see against Alabama State? Well, one, the offensive linemen just got to be bullies. They got to act like they're bigger, stronger, faster than an, an inferior opponent they'll be playing on Saturday in the Rose Bowl, a team that is coming off wins, having their best start in nearly 12 years, 2-0 for the first time since 2010 for this Alabama State team, a defense that's ready to rock and roll. They've only given up 13 points in each of their first couple of games, but so far they haven't scored that many points, which leads UCLA offensively and defensively to stack up the points. You see that point spread. It's about 50 points, I believe. You can look at it. It's, it's a wide margin people are expecting UCLA to win by, but maybe it might not be without a, a drive or two of struggle at some point during the game. And I'm not saying there will be any struggle with the Hornets at all, but sometimes not every drive will end in a touchdown as much as we maybe like to be this weekend. For the Hornets, they're here to play, here to enjoy the Rose Bowl. As the Bruins, they're here to clean up things and play much cleaner offensively. So, UCLA, how can they do that? One, simply, let's let's see if UCLA can get that vertical game going and go up the sideline. I know it's a lot of up-tempo, quick swings, and you don't want to burn too much of the of the, the playbook in these early games in the this part of the season. But maybe let's see what UCLA can do in DTR. What do the vertical threats look like up and down the sideline? Maybe for UCLA, you can hit Jake Bobo up a seam. Maybe a tight end. I know Ezekiel left game one. Michael Ezekiel, the tight end, who's expected to be, who was expected to be the starter in the absence of Mike Martinez and Greg Dolchich's departure to the NFL. You have Hudson Habermill, Ezekiel, a little banged up. We'll see how game ready he is if they want to push him for Alabama State. And you can look at those two deeps. Excuse me, but it really just depends what happens on game day, how these guys are feeling, and how the weather may play a factor in this game this weekend and if there's not rain i'd like to see for the bruins some sort of vertical game early throwing the football i know they want to get the running game going but let's see how they can stretch the field doesn't have to be anything fancy let's just see a simple cads allen streak right up down the sideline simple fade going all the way down and see if he can burn the defensive back burn the secondary and see if dtr can hit him with accuracy or maybe a simple play action bite the defense in and and do that Second, can UCLA get a secondary ground game going with anybody other than, say, Zach Charbonnet? Who can be that number two back? Keegan Jones, yes, he was solid. But let's see him run the football and not see Charbonnet run as much and lighten his workload going into this next matchup against Alabama State. That's another thing I'd like to see for UCLA. Two-pronged approach. Give Charbonnet off a little bit. And how can this vertical game offensively work? We know DTR can, they can all make plays with their legs. A lot of short dump offs that led to big plays for the Bruins, but that's not exactly the recipe for success every game. Got to be able to hit the targets down the field. Got to be able to make plays after the catch, yards after the catch, which is what the Bruins did plenty, whether after Dorian Thompson Robinson scrambled around the field, weaving for his 68 yard touchdown on a QB run on a third down play. 
or simply just Keegan Jones, even Josiah Norwood in that late touchdown run from Ethan Garbers on the pitch and catch in the fourth quarter. Make big plays, and yes, there will be plenty of them for the Bruins, but for the most part, let's see the vertical passing game go if the weather isn't too much of a factor. I know head coach Chip Kelly was mentioning, hey, maybe there might be something along the lines of, okay, let's let's see how the the weather is going to play where we've been dumping water and messing with the footballs during practice in order to kind of liven up the football and make it more game-like in preparation for what the Bruins might be facing come Saturday afternoon against Alabama State. So that was something I saw funny. Before we continue on with more things I'd like to see, let's hear some words from our, our new friends here with Upside. This episode brought to you by Upside, but from cringing at the pump to an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. It really hurts. That's why we can start using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every up, with every purchase, you can earn cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, just download the free Upside app. Use the promo code LOCKED, just LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars back every week. That's probably why the app in a whole and itself has about a 4.8 star rating in the App Store. Just download the free Upside app and use the promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. So for Locked on UCLA, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer with you guys as we keep cooking and keep moving along. What are things we'd like to see for the Bruins going into this weekend against Alabama State? I've kind of teased about it with the defense already, but this is an offense that hasn't looked too prolific for Alabama State. We've gone from what UCLA can go against this Alabama State defense. What can UCLA's defense with Bill McGovern, what can they twist? What can they do? You don't want to throw too many schemes at Alabama State's offense. We've already seen for the Bruins, they they played strong. They played extremely well defensively. That was maybe the one facet of the game they truly played good at. I wouldn't want to say excelled against Bowling Green. They played good. They're looking to come off a team last year that ended the season with three straight 40-point games and tacked on a fourth in a row to offensively to start 2022. Four straight games in the Bruins' two seasons that they're splitting between in 21 and 22, where they've scored 40 or more points. Now, how can the defense continue to grow its confidence, continue to build around some key guys going forward into the end of non-conference play with South Alabama in a week plus from this matchup against Alabama State? Well, just like offensively, you don't want to throw too many schemes that can give anything away. Maybe a simpler approach is looked at for Bill McGovern. Just the simple rallying to the football. Turn these guys over. And as much as Alabama State's defense has turned guys over, taken, gotten sacks down in, in their two games, yes, mind you, they've played two games. they got two games under their belt. So this is a team that isn't as 
not ready, isn't as unafraid or unprepared, I should say, in terms of not being football ready as you come off a week one game. Guys aren't ready for the speed of the game at the Division One level. But they, for Alabama State, they've played their two. This will be their third game. They should be used to putting the pads on, getting ready, a little bit of some travel here and there, and playing teams regardless of the weather. Yes, their week one or week zero game for Alabama State already had some weather problems. They will have no problems with it. UCLA defensively, Bill McGovern, this is what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Alabama State, they roll in leading their conference in sacks. Well, for UCLA, by the end of this game, let's see the defensive line rack up a bunch of sacks. Maybe some linebackers get quite a few tackles for loss. I'd like to see, let's see, let's throw some crazy number out there. Five sacks in this game. Let's let's aim for a high number against the team you're expecting to dominate, regardless of one, two, third string, walk on, whoever's coming in. Let's aim for a five sack number. Go for at least eight tackles for loss. Combining, who knows? Two or three turnovers. They've played between two quarterbacks, between their two, their dual threat quarterback, Davis. You have Miles Crawley, who's coming off this Labor Day Classic game against Miles College. He was the offensive game MVP for them. There's two guys they, they can throw at UCLA, so they got to go through the tape. Who do we expect? You can look at two deeps and depth charts. They'll be a little funky, especially at quarterback. So they have to be prepared for a multitude of guys at the QB level, quite a few receivers, quite a few running backs have already kind of briefly detailed in a previous episode, in the most recent episode of Locked On UCLA. The Bruins, they've got to be ready for anything defensively, but you don't need to give up too much. Just stay with your guys, out-athlete them, and rally to the football. Nothing dumb, no, no spectacular plays. Just come rally to the football and make sure that this team doesn't outsmart you. Do what you need to do, and UCLA can come away with a very easy dub defensively. What was the thing in week one? It was just silly, goofy mistakes that was really hurting the Bruins going forward throughout that game that put themselves back. The defense? Well, yes, you're going to get burned. You may slip on the grass with the rain. Okay, that could happen. We don't know what the weather will be like. The Bruins, just do your job. And most coaches will say, just coach speak. Just do your job. Do what you need to do. Hustle, get to the ball, and make your plays. As simple as that needs to be for the Bruins defensively, that's all it needs to be. And you can win a 70-7 to game against Alabama State while truly dominating. I'd like to see this defensive line get after it, get after whichever quarterback, whether it's a dual-threat guy or it's Miles Crowley who came in and had a good game last time for Alabama State. That's what they're facing against this Hornets side who is clearly overmatched and will be overwhelmed at some point in the game. But the Bruins need to make that happen and feel that early from the jump with kickoffs. And one final thing, wrapping up this kind of UCLA football portion of it before when we move along, we'll get into Cody Riley and him moving in his professional career with our throwback Thursday segment as per usual. The Bruins special teams. Okay, we've we've talked about the negative with special teams. One final thing, not exactly sure how we'll see Alabama State kicking it through the back of the end zone for touchbacks all the time with what we could see. I'd like to see the Bruins return a kickoff for a touchdown. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? We're looking at prop bets, those big plays, all those things. UCLA would love to see all these special teams units just click on all cylinders and, most importantly, get a kickoff return for a touchdown. For for the punts, let's just get the basics down, get the punt off, receive the football. That's 
not trying to be snarky, just get those things down with elements in play for the kickoff game. Let's see how things can churn and burn when you guys are given an opportunity, like Cads Allen, to go run up the sideline and use the speed he's been blessed with in the kickoff return game. As we say, all right, let's take a breath and we'll pause with more basketball as the audio side get more sponsors. Here on YouTube, we churn on and continue to move into the Cody Riley side of things. Here is our usual throwback Thursday segment. I like to find little bits and pieces of something interesting I can look up. And voila, just like our first throwback Thursday segment of the relaunch with Anthony Barr signing with the Cowboys at the time. Now we have Cody Riley, who is joining KG Rugasca in Liga Nova, KBM, the premier A-League in Slovenia. It's a lot of words to say he's playing pro ball in Slovenia after a couple of cracks at looking at combine scouts going through the workouts with multiple NBA teams during his college career in 18 and I believe in 21 after that final four run. Cody Riley didn't seem to have the NBA skill set. It was clear he was a, an undersized big man and not a skilled big man in the day and age where big guys are super skilled in the NBA. It's not that he can't have a good pro career. Maybe just not the NBA is for him. But most importantly, he's going to go play pro overseas. He's about to be in his mid-20s. And let's revisit this Cody Riley career, a topsy-turvy career it indeed was for Mr. Riley out of Kansas City, Kansas, a guy who with his family moved into SoCal early parts of middle school, a guy who was a bit older going through his formative years in high school with him playing so many years in college. If he had one more year of eligibility that he used, which he did, he would have been 25 going through this potential extra COVID year he was granted. So back in 2017, I know Bruin fans, you don't want to hear it, but it was that international incident with the shoplifting, whether it was the Jalen Hill, Leangelo Ball, and Cody Riley, unfortunately, was a part of that trio who, with the Bruins, all had to deal with a suspension redshirt, unavailable to play under that Steve Alford team after that wonderful run with Lonzo Ball the year before. Immediately, they go overseas, the international trip, everything. It was a circus, almost embarrassing every UCLA fan, the university kind of the nation as a whole, and that's where the bad starts and what could say the bad for Cody Riley ends. He came back, a different guy, became a contributor immediately in that next year, then a starter and a big starter in the 1920 season and owned up to it. You can go read LA Times articles where it's him owning up and how he grew up as a man because of that with the the mandatory quote-unquote suspension turned redshirt. That's how it was counted as for his year, a red shirt year, if you will, for Cody Riley. So then he had that incident coming out of Sierra Canyon where he played high school ball, a dominant high school player at that, where he was the number one power forward in the state of California, number two, I think, in the Western region. So he had some highly touted accolades coming in at 6'9", a bit undersized. But Mick Cronin, that's, he picked him up, and or Mick Cronin, I should say, kept with them after he was picked up before Cronin came to UCLA. And overall, after the bad start for Cody Riley, it went from, oh, the, the dispute to now he's helping with kids. And we saw Jalen Clark having that the, the youth clinic out Riverside. Cody Riley had one of his own not too long ago. And he even was talking with kids about, and sometimes about his journey of maturing. He, he was getting back to the community. 
and in the end had 118 career appearances at UCLA. Didn't quite get to 1,000 points, 938 of them, and ended up having about 530 rebounds, eight career double-doubles, and was vital to a UCLA resurgence back to the Final Four, one in almost more than a decade from that Ben Holland era into the McCronin era during that weird COVID age when the Bruins were surging at the end of 1920 into the late season surge from the first four to the final four. He was a crucial part of that team going against the Michigan big man against Drew Timmy for Gonzaga. All these guys who's banging and keeping UCLA in those games with the team who was didn't have that much depth. If you think about it in that final four team, Cody Riley, if he was in foul trouble, they had to go to a pretty much a recently used freshman Mac Etienne, but Riley was banging with the bodies, doesn't get all the accolades and, while he did end up in his last season with UCLA, kind of spraying that MCL against CSU Bakersfield in game one of the most recent season, really hurting and hampering his numbers. That most recent season ended up having seven points per game, just about 46% shooting, almost four rebounds a game, and an assist per game with just about half a block. Little auxiliary numbers there as we trip and stumble. But for Riley, ended up having a nice career, matured nicely after something that could have gone so horribly wrong. He could have just walked away. Leangelo Ball, he never played. Jalen Hill eventually retired, but took him about three and a half years. And Cody Riley, if you go back and just kind of go through the archives and read about it, he was the first athlete to come out and immediately come out and address the press after the incident of the shoplifting in China. That's not a good thing when you mess with going as a college athlete, you're representing your university, and you do something wrong on a very public scale in another country when it's pretty rare to do it with your team. And then here it is, you go on a trip and you do something so terribly dumb and stupid as a young male athlete. Cody Riley was able to get through that, matured, grew up, and ended up being a nice, nice spokesperson for youth. And here he is going to play pro basketball in his 20 20- Going into his 25th year on this globe, he's 24, so 25 in December, playing in Slovenia. Actually has the California state record for most rebounds in a state title game with Sierra Canyon when they beat University in the CIF State Division Five state championship. University out in San Francisco, University High School. So he's got a record in high school ball. He had a nice Bruin career, made it to the Final Four, makes it to the pro level and gets to play overseas. Not an NBA career, but now he's one of those four departing Bruins who are on separate teams. As we can tell you, Peyton Watson, the Denver Nuggets. You have Jules Bernard in the Detroit Pistons organization with the Motor City Crews, the G League affiliate, and Johnny Juzang with the Jazz and the Salt Lake City Stars, also their G League affiliate. And with the Jazz maybe selling off a lot of pieces there, no Donovan Mitchell Maybe Juzang finds a way up to the Jazz a lot quicker. Who knows? That's me just speculating in a very positive front at some point, some way. But back to Cody Riley, a guy who matured well, got his eight career double-doubles, a very integral part, not the face of that team, but all those guys. He was one of those guys that came back one more year with the Juzangs, the Bernards. And even though he had to fight off playing time with Miles Johnson, who's off doing good things, it's just... A nice Bruin story where you don't always necessarily get the best of something where you go do something so dumb so early in your college career. 
And sometimes people say, all right, go make mistakes. Well, Cody Riley made a mistake, and that's not the type of mistake you want to make. One where you throw a basketball out of bounds or just a goofy mental mistake, like not turning a paper in on time. He did something that was not too good. Not the end of the world, but doing it in another country that's we we're not gonna get political here, but just you do it in China, you do it in China. And Riley ends up having a great career in terms of just maturing, coming together, getting a pro career. And it's nice to see him just signing. It was a couple days ago out in Slovenia, but all best of luck to him. Great to show how you can, when you're given a second chance to mature. And he took great advantage of that second chance, turns it into a potential blossoming of a pro career. And even if it's not, he made it to the pros. And a lot of these athletes, when they come to college ball, dream of making it to some sort of pro level, where it's the NBA, almost just one moment in the NBA, or even if you go overseas, you can have a nice career some way, somehow playing basketball overseas. And he gets to do so in Slovenia. So for the kid hailing from Kansas City, Kansas, the then moved over to California, top re- recruit in California, his position in his class ends up, after all is said and done, becoming a Bruin that we should thank for him for showing how he can grow with his second chance. He, he's, he's emblematic of what can happen with second chances as a UCLA Bruin. As you know, basketball season's just around the corner, folks. I know we're just starting college football, but it's only so many more weeks till we get to November. We're cruising into that almost close to middle part of September, right? I know it's early September, but you blink, then it's the middle of September, you blink October, and then all of a sudden it's November, the Bruins are opening things up, and it's Poly Pavilion time, and we should get crazy for it. Cody Riley, salute to you. I know you went through your hardships, but you ended up in a pro career, a proud Bruin at the end of it all. And for UCLA football, they got a big game against an HBCU, Alabama State, looking to go 2-0 with a big margin of victory. That's going to do it for us here on Locked On UCLA today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. And also with the NFL just around the corner, Make your second listen, the ultimate pro football preview of 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza getting you ready for the NFL season. Local team experts from the Locked On Podcast Network all throughout the network were all intertwined some way, somehow. They've got betting angles from Lee Sterling, from Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Meanwhile, for Locked On UCLA, Bruin fans, get that eight clap ready. I know we, we didn't do it in the early part, but let's get that eight clap ready and going. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. U-C-L-A. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. Let's go, Bruins, baby. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go, Bruins. <laughs>